Hello and welcome back to Double One Radio Weekly. We've got a packed show for you today. I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined by some wonderful co-hosts. Wyatt. Hi. Alex. Hi. And our brand new individual Brett. Hello, I'm individual Brett. Yep. <laughs> he has to be very individual. <laughs> yes. Alright, so we, we got a topic for today. We're going to be talking about sci-fi games. We're, we like to do topics now. It's a, it's a topical thing. That and, like, there's not a lot of video game news this week. Yeah, that's true. We're, we're still waiting on the Microsoft showcase. We don't have anything major happening. So right now, we're, we're in the lull time. Which means we get to talk about video games the way we want to. I've <laughs> never done that before. Wow. <laughs> What a revolutionary yeah, we never, idea. We never get to talk about what we actually want to talk about on this podcast, and we all have a horrible time. Yeah, look, we talked about Smash for, for a little too long last time. <laughs> wait, did, wait, what? We, we talked about Smash through abuse allegations. It was a little, little too long. Oh, yeah. We were, we, oh, yeah. There, there was some confusion behind the scenes with that. So this time, we've got an actual document. At least I do. No one else has seen this because I like to surprise Ooh. people. Uh, <laughs> and why and Alex... <laughs> <laughs> why and alex know that we have a thing we do at the start of every podcast all right it's our favorite part of the show it's our favorite part of the show <laughs> it's called the game <laughs> and game. in this case the game is called squat up and this game is a, it's not really it, you know this is kind of really stretching the definition of game because there's not really any point to this it's just we're gonna say what our favorite like crew and ship combo from sci-fi games is so think like the Normandy, the oh. Ebonhawk from KOTOR, or any other uh, sci-fi ship you can think of. Like the Unreliable from Outer Worlds is, is in there. Just tell me why it's your favorite. We're going to start with, uh, you know what, Brett, you're new, so you get to go first. Oh, jeez. I barely got a chance to think about it. But, uh, you know, you not, not just because you said it, but also because you said it. Uh, <laughs> outer, outer Wilds. Well, you said Outer Worlds, but out yeah. of wilds because okay. everybody thinks of them interchangeably because their names are unfortunately like the exact same and very similar same games game just in general it's <laughs> kind of <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a topic for another podcast it's not, it's not so much the crew because the crew is just you but the ship of uh, Outer Wilds, I'm, I'm going to slip up and say the wrong name <laughs> for sure at least once, and I don't want anyone to correct me, just let me think I'm right, but <laughs> it looks like it's it's held together with like like wood and nails and stuff, and it doesn't look actually airtight, and it's just, it's like a pile of junk that a kid would make and call a spaceship, but it actually works, and the whole game kind of works like that. So it makes me really happy because it makes me feel like a kid again in that way. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Outer Wilds too. Uh, it's a good, good spaceship to throw in here. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, how about you? Um. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, this is why we had you go second, so you had time to think. But you. <laughs> <laughs> he was busy listening. Foolish. <laughs> Extreme attention. How awesome. Yeah, it's probably going to be Outer Worlds because that was the most recent sci-fi game that I played. Um... Here's the test. Can you name a crew member from the Outer Worlds? A crew member or all of them? Any of them. Um, 
Ellie, Parvati, Felix. All right, that's Even impressive. I could name Parvati and Ellie. That's uh, the, the, the preacher, whatever his name is, or pastor. Um, and, uh, of course, the uh, favorite Baker. one that I forget the name of, the sweeper bot. Sam. Mm. Yeah. I just got the sweeper bot. And I haven't the, actually done anything with him yet. He's the guy that I got first. And the preacher guy, his name is Vicar, I think? Vic- it, yeah. it is. Yeah. I think. That's, that's ringing bells that haven't been rung in a while. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that's the correct... It's a name I haven't Correct heard. name. <laughs> All right. So Wyatt, uh, we saved you for last because I don't know. I have I have said. the most controversial. I I know what you're gonna I... say. I know what you're gonna say. It's on this <laughs> list as well. I just didn't say it to see if you Are would say it. You gonna make me rage quit the podcast? The time here, Wyatt. <laughs> That's the whole point. That's why you're here. We need some, we need some drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go with the Normandy. Okay. Controversial pick. I know. Okay, that's really that's less controversial than I thought you were gonna go. Yeah, that's what, where do you what did you think I was? I, I thought you were about to say the Tempest. <laughs> oh, which is an Andromeda ship. I don't hate Ooh. the Tempest. I don't hate the Tempest. That would have been. Why, why do you They're think not... the Normandy is a controversial pick? Because that was the joke. Oh, well, you said it so straight <laughs> that I was like. I was ready for you to say Andromeda ship because I thought you were about to go actual no, hard no, opinions. No, 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 no. Turns out you're the, just a mainstream boy. I don't. <laughs> well, it's it's like because I'm thinking about it, it's it's like okay, Normandy is like the most obvious pick in the world, right? But when I kept going through like different options in my head, there was no like crew of people that I cared about more in a game. Yeah, right? that makes sense. It's like, like jam packed with people. Yeah, it's jam, and all of them are great. Like all of them are super memorable, especially Tali one of my favorite characters ever and and to be clear like the tempest crew isn't bad they're just they're not the normandy crew <laughs> you yeah. know they're they're fine but they're not you don't spend three not, whole games with them no you could make them more interesting but no one cares at this point so yeah that's a that's a good point uh i don't know i gotta vote for the Ebonhawk just because i miss star wars rpgs like mm-hmm. full-blown rpgs and kotor were some great games <laughs> yeah that's my vote all right now we got some sci-fi stuff to talk about we have a, a loose guideline here in reality there's not that many hard sci-fi video games because i was trying originally we we're going to lean more into like space sci-fi thinking like mass effect and and uh star wars games but there's not many of those there's basically mass effect fallen order and outer worlds Filling that niche, we I mean, might not get many, Not many new ones. There's a lot. Yeah, of, that's what I mean. There's a lot of older ones for Star Wars, but like I feel like a lot of people in this like gaming generation haven't even heard of them. Like I don't know. Like you, if I if I were to walk up to a man on on the street and talk to him about like Kyle Katarn or something, he wouldn't know who the hell he is. But he'd like, just be like uh, Luke Skywalker. He'd just be like a Gazoom type. A Gazoom type. He'd probably run away. Um, probably don't go to anyone on the street and ask them anything about Star Wars. Actually, that would probably be the best. Yeah, that's a smart idea. In this well, and if you're age. going to, if you're going to, you know, six feet away. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum. Uh, yeah, we hear the name Kyle Katarn whispered in hushed voices. Uh, we got. Does Force Unleashed count? Oh. I, say I don't counts. think so. I, it's not like it's not really 
Well, here's it, it's sci-fi, but it's not space sci-fi. Yeah. See, that's no, what I mean. There's not a lot of like space, so little space sci-fi adventures. Star Wars is more space fantasy, I guess. Yeah, it's it's the difference between science fiction and science fantasy, right? Because those are two very separate things. And yeah. it, like yeah. the obvious comparison is, I would say that Star Trek is science fiction and Star Wars is science fantasy. Because oh, so they have what very about, uh, finish what you were gonna say. Because they have very different focuses in terms of like, you know, one is a lot more technical and focuses on the more like minute aspects of like their technology in the world, and whereas Star Wars is more about you know characters and this big adventure and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a good point. You're right. You're right. But what about Clone Commando or whatever? Republic Commando. Called? Yeah, Republic, Republic Commando. Commando. That's, just that's like a straight up sci-fi shooter. Well, that's like a war movie that's like happens to be science fantasy. I think. Like it's it's more of a focus of like the squad as soldiers than like being super technical. I think. But. Yeah, I mean, so for a lot of people that may not be super into sci-fi, sci-fantasy, the delineation between science fiction and science fantasy fantasy is pretty like gray. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to really distinguish them, and it, in honest, in all honesty, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, science fiction usually leans more towards explaining everything, whereas science fantasy mm-hmm. tends to follow like. Uh, mythical story structures and uh, tends to avoid explaining things like the force is a good example of something like midichlorians yeah like midichlorians which uh (laughs) was a good example (laughs) it was a good example um it still is because they're backpedaling on that pretty hard so (laughs) god good for them good for them so yeah star wars pretty solidly science fantasy destiny i'd say fall under falls under that same bracket yeah yeah and and Oh, go ahead, Wyatt. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, speaking of like, of like trying to uh, sort of narrow that that definition. One thing that I thought about because when you when you announced like the subject that we were talking about, one thing I thought about in, with games specifically is how they they use their science fiction setting. And so you have some games that are like Mass Effect that that use it as like a setting for the story and to explain. Uh, to set up this world, whereas you have games like Titanfall, where they use a, a science fiction setting in order to have these really interesting game mechanics and less about fleshing yeah. out the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's two different ways of doing it. It's like yeah. Titanfall, you can't have Titanfall without it being science fiction. So it's in this futuristic setting to justify the fact that there are these massive robots. But it doesn't really it doesn't really have a story that like goes into the mechanics of it that much. And for that instance it doesn't matter like no one really cares it's more about having these awesome mechanics and having the sci-fi setting allow them to do that that's a good way to put it uh we do have a we have a lot of like pseudo sci-fi shooters that are really just modern military shooters in a sci-fi yeah. backdrop <laughs> mm-hmm. uh we get st- then we get stuff like warframe which is definitely leaning into the fantasy aspect of things yeah being a space pirate ninja yeah, space pirate ninjas. Yeah, there, there is a lot of like explanation, but I feel it's like a, it's just like more lore than it is like ah uh, yes, yeah. here's the document explaining uh, how the teleporter works and how also it uh slowly kills the people that use it because this is uh, sci-fi and it has to be sad. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> it, it's the delineation between knowing that Newtonian physics exists and then having to take advantage yeah. of them to fly your spaceship. <laughs> and then having to to learn uh, like like particle physics to play the game correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Subtle dig at Star Citizen. Um. <laughs> Ooh. 
Well, I was going to say No oh. Man's Sky, too, because No Man's Sky, when it was coming out, it had all these, like, oh, well, this planet is shaped this way if it's, like, you know... This it tried to explain sun, things. Stuff like that. Didn't quite well, work. None of the, well, none of that really ended up mattering. Like, it didn't end up being a, a thing. Like, having planets that were a certain distance from the sun doesn't... I think, it, even today, it still doesn't affect, like, the creation of a planet or anything like that. Yeah, it, it I, I can't... More... Can neither confirm nor deny that. I haven't played yeah. enough No Man's Sky to know if that affects anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I think a lot of No Man's Sky's issue is that the worlds have to account for the fact that you can start on any of them, so all of them have to have most of the resources. Yeah. So you can never get stranded, which means they all end up feeling very samey, uh, especially with the the old uh, algorithms they use for world world gen. Mm-hmm. They have some newer stuff now that's a lot better, but I remember when it went on launch, it came out. It was very very samey. You you couldn't really find unique stuff, and there was also all the whole debacle about the flight assist in No Man's Sky, where they would you couldn't like invert your ship on the on the ground and fly through things. It was impossible to crash your ship. Yeah, yeah. Sounds nice in theory, but it, <laughs> it's it actually makes it not a great... very unfun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our first official question. What's your favorite sci-fi game? We're starting off easy. Anyone can speak up here. We're not going to go in orders. It's whoever thinks of one. I'm I'm kind of torn. I've already brought these these two up already, but I'm kind of torn between two games. One of them is, is Titanfall 2, just because I think that's like one of the, the best first-person shooters ever made, like, period. Oh, yeah. At least for me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's right up there. Uh, but then on the, on, on the flip side of that, again, I, I've already mentioned Mass Effect, but like that entire series, I there's very few examples of games that have, like, engaged me in a story as much as that has. Like, I cried, like, such a little bitch at the end of the third game. <laughs> like, I was... <laughs> I was so emotionally just like it had its hooks in me entirely at that point, and I was I got very emotional, so I'm kind of torn because it's like video games. Oh, what a wow, (laughs) what a wuss, yeah. But like (laughs) on one end, it's like you have one of the greatest shooters ever made, and the other hand, it's you have one of the best sci fi stories or just stories in a game in general with some of the best characters. So I'm kind of caught because they're very, very different, and I can't decide which one I. I like more. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair thing to say. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi is very broad as well, and we're also we're kind of including science fantasy in this because there's not enough of it existing in games to really force a delineation between the two. Yeah, hmm. I, I yeah. feel like I feel like you can't really have like a science fantasy have its own topic podcast episode, but you can definitely have cyberpunk have its own like Yeah, we we are gonna have a cyberpunk episode. (laughs) Oh are we ever? Are we ever? (laughs) Oh boy. Dude, that games club episode is gonna be incredible. Dude, that's gonna be five parts. I swear (laughs) to God. It's gonna be five parts. (laughs) Alright, so so we got Wyatt's favorite. What's what how about the how about you two? That sounds like a threat favorite sci fi. You want to go first, Alex? I think Alex is still still mulling it over, thinking about cooking. the sci-fi. Uh-oh. I think, in I, I suppose, in his absence, I'll continue. Um, I Wyatt Titanfall Two is like also one of my favorite games mm-hmm. ever. It's so satisfying, and I I think 
having it as the example of uh, one of the things that just uses the sci-fi setting for gameplay is like perfect because I think it does it better than most things that do that. Like the whole like every level has a different like core set piece mechanic that you can't have in mm-hmm. another game, and it's it's crazy that you can yeah. have like a whole like I, I is it like is it eleven missions or is that too short? Like a satisfactory amount of missions where every single one feels different and yeah. it doesn't get boring. It's perfectly um, paced. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh, I I got. Um, You're gonna have to wait your turn, Alex. Yeah, Herb, uh, excuse me. Uh, I'm not done, oh. actually. I have no idea what's going on right now. There was a lot of audio lag, and I missed the uh, oh. the turn order that was going on. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, we, we didn't we didn't hear anything from you, so Brett's going. It's okay. yeah. I, I'm I, I'm not gonna take too much longer because if I start talking about the the other game that's tied uh, for my favorite, I will never stop. And uh, that's, oh, it's it's got it's got to be Halo Three. Mm. Um, uh, and I like for every obvious reason that any human being has ever liked Halo Three. Mm-hmm. Like it's just such a one of the neatest little packages ever to be released in like the entire history of of games. Like it's it there's there's so much polish. Absolutely. It's interesting. It's fun in multiplayer and campaign and forge. And I'm gonna stop there before I start barfing <laughs> everywhere. We could also say uh, Halo Three did just come out on PC for anyone that has yes, never it played it. That's true. Halo Three is a fantastic shooter. The PC port is excellent, and you should absolutely I, check, it, check it out. I like to imagine all of like the uh, PC only players that are finally getting their hands on this. Oh, series. Yeah. I feel so happy for them, dude. I, I'm, oh yeah. It's like welcome, welcome to the party. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> you guys waited long enough. My God. <laughs> So would you Time say the master? Finish the Sorry, this is is the master collection worth it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, yes. Also, if if you get Game Pass, you get the Master Chief Collection. So yeah. if you have any interest in other Game Pass games, that's a great way to play them. Dude, Game Pass kicks so much. You can also play. We like, talked about Outer Worlds. That's on Game Pass too. Uh, it's a it's good value. All right, so Alex, you had something queued up, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um. And this was mainly because, well, actually, I, I'm going to say Fallout 1 uh, as definitely more science fiction than science fantasy. Um, yeah. Just how they handle it with the lore and such back with back when Obsidian, also the makers of you know, Outer Worlds, made it. Um, but I was first introduced to Fallout 1 during game history and production when we had to play a game and then do a report on it oh hell yeah <laughs> and I some deep cuts and i still <laughs> play it yeah fallout one is a, is a fun game i think it holds up startlingly well oh yeah the yeah. the faces can be a little funny at times but aside from that the gameplay's aged pretty well i think if you're if you're into that style the crpg style all right, so we're we're through our favorite sci-fi games. We're we're not going to dwell too much on just saying what our favorites are because we do have a podcast called Games Club on the <laughs> side you can listen to where we talk about specific games. We haven't done it's any our, sci-fi yet, but we absolutely should. Uh, it's our uh, uh, podcast side hustle. Yeah, it's our side hustle that you can see on the normal feed because uh, we can't afford multiple feeds. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, <laughs> so. Now we're going to get more into the the space side of things. 
and and or the lack of it is probably a good way to put it as of recent years so do you like space as a setting and do you feel that games can fully take advantage of that setting we have star star citizen which has been going on in development for god knows how long at this point which probably will come out eventually but no one knows when or how finished it will be Aside from that, many- uh, the game I was going to mention in the favorite games is called X4. It's this weird little Eurojank economy simulator, but it's a first-person space simulator as well, so you can like walk around on stations and get in your ships and everything. Uh, really interesting game, but it's made by a small team. There's a lot of jank. So it's just a, it's a unique take on, on space. That It's weird to me that so many indie teams try to do these space games, but we don't have any AAA attempts aside from Starfield which we'll talk a little bit about later or got what what's the thing that Bethesda is planning on doing Starfield they, yeah oh. we got Starfield and Star Citizen although Star Citizen Star Citizen specifically is in a weird spot cuz the dev team is veteran developers but a new team mm-hmm. so we don't huh. really know what's shaking out there and the game has like the largest budget of anything ever so yeah, really <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see how that pans out, maybe, <laughs> at some can point I, uh, in the distant future. Can I make a petition right now to just have an episode in the future where we discuss Eurojank games? Oh, absolutely. Because, a, I love that term, and also B, it would be really interesting because there are a lot of really good ones. Oh, I got, so I got the entire so, category of like Elex in there. So, <laughs> oh, as, yeah. as someone who is unfamiliar with the term, uh, not me, but, but I'm sure yeah. there are people who are. Can you uh, describe to those to those people uh, what what the hell Eurojank? Yeah, Eurojank is just essentially think double A games, so games that have enough of a budget to sort of graphically or or on some level compete with a triple A space, but have a much smaller budget and tend to make to cut corners to get that done. So the I think the studio that's kind of coined this term is uh, one of them is Spiders, who recently made Greedfall. And Greedfall is kind of broken out of that Eurojank space and has just become like a good video game. Uh, But generally, Eurojank refers to a game with really cool ideas that just has some weird bugs and like mechanical ideas that maybe don't work. Uh, We talked about Elex, the Risen series of RPGs is like this. So many space sims. Absolutely all the space sims on Steam pretty much (laughs) much. are like this. Uh, But Eurojank games can be really, really fun if you can put up with the jank. So again, I I knew that, but but for the people you know who didn't in our audience, that's that's. What I'm that glad is. you felt the the need to reconfirm that. Yeah, no, <laughs> your, no, no, your no, own no, knowledge no, of your no, jank. No, just so that you know, just so that everyone's clear. <laughs> I'm asking that. for a friend. Asking for a friend doesn't know about Euro jank. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What, what Brett said. Yeah. That. Yeah. I I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the question. So, do you think any games have have fully executed on space as a setting so far? Because we have things uh, like Mass Effect, which have it kind of as a backdrop almost, but you never really interact with the fact that you're in like the vast reaches of space. I'm not comfortable saying that No Man's Sky has reached that potential, but it is clawing its way up there with every mm-hmm. update. Yeah. It is making some excellent strides to get there. 
I think it's certainly very close to reaching the potential of like exploration in space. If you really want to just explore some cool planets and and see some things. They announced a new uh, update like a couple days ago, I think. Which is like there's a abandoned derelict ships now. It felt very like alien esque. Yeah. You like searching derelict ships with like creepy aliens on them. That's cool. Yeah. Every update, man, I'm like, I gotta go back and play that again. (laughs) And then I forget. Yeah, good, good, good game for a games club episode. I think. Yeah. Uh, that's, especially that's considering it's multiplayer. Yeah, it's such a fascinating game to talk about. Yeah. We'll save it for the games club episode, but it's a fascinating game to talk about. I think. Yeah, and I think uh, so. X Four, the game I've been playing, which a lot of people do like, it's a pretty popular franchise, and it's been the X series has been going for like fifteen, twenty years at this point. It's a it's a long running series of games, and the thing with them is there's the illusion that you're in space, but then you see all these like game mechanic things that are built to kind of block you out from taking advantage of that. Like everything is divided into sectors, so you they never have to load too many things at once. Mm. It's not fully open world. Elite Dangerous kind of goes the open world route, but that game suffers from not having a lot of things to do in that world aside from just like space trucking which is fine but it, i think it's not fully realizing that sort of thing what's well, that's like the big catch 22 with like trying to take advantage of space is that yeah. you run into the assassin's creed odyssey issue of we have all this space and we don't know what to put in it other than really shitty side quests yeah space is the ultimate big map too big map yeah yeah because yeah. like it, it, it's supposed to be this like never-ending thing where it's like, oh my god, there's all these new planets to explore, but there's only so much that you can do to not make each planet or area feel similar in some way. Yeah, I think that's like, why... No Man... oh, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. It, even with No Man's Sky, it's like, again, it's putting in the work in terms of like, you know, post-launch updates and stuff, but, but at its core, you're still mining the same things to do the same. Yeah, you know, if you don't do the dig the exploration, No Man's Sky doesn't really have much for you. Yeah. Uh, we also have. Uh, I was going to talk briefly about Star Citizen and the state it was in last time I played it, which was a long, long time ago, and how basically they didn't have anything space ready in it. Then it was just like essentially a flight sim, a good flight sim, but a flight sim. So it, it wasn't that much different from something like uh, Ace Combat. <laughs> we had the nice the Japanese I flight talk sim about games. Those ones. God, I love those games so much. Great games. But yeah, I think we definitely haven't seen something take advantage of it. So what I like to see is like Outer Wilds does the solar system approach of limit us to one system and then fill that system with interesting things. Which I think capitalizes on like that sense of of vastness while still managing to create this setting that is very unique and interesting and has things to do. It's it's crazy how like how small that game makes you feel and like because the planets are all vaguely like, almost like Mario Galaxy sized like you can see the curvature of everyone as you're like walking yeah. on them but still like I I think the the bigness of it comes from like yeah it's it's physically small but there are so many things to do that it feels like huge and every planet has like 
multiple places that are completely different in it so it feels like there are a lot of locations per world and even though it's small it it feels big and i think games i don't know if they will but they should kind of take take that from it because it's trying to focus on the bigness of space in a physical way you get no man's sky where it's just like trillions of worlds that are all the same so it's either the same or they're empty. Or there's no, there's yeah. no point to exploring besides just exploring. And I think there, there is something to be said for that, but at the same time, that limits you in what you can actually do in, in the terms of, like, I'm super interested to see how Starfield comes out mm. and, like, what approach they're taking, because we don't know anything about Starfield, really, aside from that it's an RPG set in space. And they showed a space station as a visual, like, a year and a half ago at this point. So we really don't know much, but I'm hoping they take the approach of having a, a very focused environment or an area and you actually exploring that area and getting familiar yeah. with everything. There's like something uh, I would take away from it is like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen or read The Expanse, but The Expanse no. is a, a sci-fi fantasy series. It's more sci-fi than fantasy that kind of echoes a lot of what OG Star Trek was about but it's also very much set in the soul system you don't really get this big opening of the galaxy until very late in the series you, you're mostly focused on what's happening around Earth and that immediate uh, set of planets which I think creates a really unique setting and also allows for a lot of exploration so I would love to see a game come out that really capitalizes on that type of exploration Especially with a AAA budget. So Outer Wilds is fantastic, but there's really only a handful of characters. Yeah. And it works because of that time cutoff that you have, where they you can never be doing more than 20 minutes of a thing at a time. Yeah. It, but, it helps also yeah. that the story is, is very good and touching, but like if it was like a big like exploration-focused game, like... I don't know. It, 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 would, it would take a lot more to fill a whole solar system with a lot of individual stories instead of yeah. one like focused one. Yeah. Well, that was know. the problem. That was the problem that Andromeda had was that you know the the original yeah. the original trilogy it was like you know it was kind of open ended in space but not really when you think about it. But it was because it was trying to focus on this story and these characters, and then Andromeda you know, kind of understandably wants these larger explorative planets and stuff like that. And I, I don't hate that approach, but the problem is as soon as you like stretch your games out in like, uh, in terms of like how much real estate and space they, they pick up like that, that can really damage the pacing of like the central story, which is what happened with Andromeda. Absolutely. I'm curious now that we're getting more info on Star Wars games coming out. If there's going to be a Star Wars take on something like this, because we have so many settings that are built up for Star Wars that you don't really need to populate a whole galaxy. You just need to have the specific locales. Like you could set an entire game on Coruscant. Man, I wish thirteen thirteen came out. But <laughs> don't 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 don't. don't, don't. Why would you bring that so here? Shit. How dare you? Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a setting that I think has the advantage of being able to portray vastness through the variety of media around it instead of having to rely on like a game being huge. Mm -hmm. It can then point to something like novels that explore systems, so you get the sense that the galaxy is huge, but you don't need to actually have that hugeness in one piece of media. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, if you were to attempt something like that, so much of the work of making a game like this is done for you, because I can't imagine, like, you want to make this giant game that, that's like spans so many planets, you still have to come up with like a universe and these alien races and, and all this technology and stuff on your own. Whereas with Star Wars, it's like, you got, you got so much material to work with and none of it you have to make yourself because it's already been yeah. established. So you know, taking one of those large, like, space exploration games, so much of the work is done for you. You just have to make sure that you, you know, uphold to it, which is, you know, a job in and of itself, but you don't have to uh, populate it with your own stuff because it's already... Yeah, you don't need to make a universe. You just need to, cre to create the assets for it, essentially. In and the make stories. sure you're, you're true to it as well, or else you're going to piss Wh off... Which is a large <laughs> amount of work. <laughs> Yeah. As long as your name isn't Kathleen or Kennedy, then you'll probably do a fine job at that. <laughs> Kathleen and or Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> Interchangeable. Yeah. Okay. Especially when they're combined. That's just. <laughs> yeah. That's the pure evil, right? Then, there. then you get the then you get the Dark Lord of creating Star Wars content, right there. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. So yeah, leading off of that question, what do you think it would take for a space? A sim type game or or any game taking place in space to get see more mainstream success so i'm talking something that's not quite like a mass effect not just an rpg but like a new thing what do you think it would have to do to see a lot of a lot of success because i think right now especially people are pretty uh not not sated for space stuff but wary of it from like no man's sky coming out star citizen being this weird story of maybe i don't know how it's going to turn out but yeah. this it's just not really there i, I think what i'm going to say is going to sound kind of gimmicky but handle vr integration well especially with mechanics like um stuff stuff that you don't really see in many things like when if if you would go to repair uh, parts of a space station or something, you know, yeah. going out on a convincing spacewalk. How are you going to? You know, how are you going to portray that without getting your player sick uh, when they're in a when when they're supposed to think that they're in a zero gravity gravity environment when they're you know standing on their in their living room floor? Yeah, yeah no, that, that makes a lot of sense because like VR mixed with being inside of a plane cockpit or a space cockpit is like a dream, was like a match made in heaven for so many people. Oh, totally. And so if you can if you can nail that atmosphere and that look of like being able to turn your head and interact with the with the cockpit, like there you go, like copy soul right there. <laughs> I mean, that's Elite has seen a lot of success from doing that. Their VR version is incredibly well made, <laughs> and uh, I know it sees a lot of play. There was like a, a space combat game that came out like at the launch of the um of not the Vive, the uh, uh Oculus Rift. There was like this space combat game. It was like it was, was it Eve related? I think it was Eve related. There's been like a few Eve related shooters that have maybe existed. Yeah, but like <laughs> it was it was like a VR it was a it was it was a VR game and you were able to like look around in your cockpit while you were fighting. Oh yeah, that was an Eve game. It was an Eve yeah. game. I and it looked really that. cool. I, I think that game had the issue of it didn't... It was like a set of missions, and there was no larger game to it. It was just this preset, small list of things you could do. Proof of concept. Yeah, it was, it was essentially a proof of concept that was sold for money. 
which I know a lot of people that played it were like, yeah, this is really cool, but it it you're not going to want to play it after the first playthrough because it's the same thing. You don't right. there's no variation. Right. Uh, and I think one thing for me that hit, hits me pretty hard when I'm playing something like Elite is that Elite really goes for having tons of control over your ship, which certain people really enjoy. But I think for a mainstream audience, it gets a little too complex. It gets simulation-y. Yeah, well, it, I mean, Elite is a space sim, full, yeah. fully, and I don't think Elite should change. I'm just saying if a, like Starfield, essentially, if Starfield has the ability to fly a ship, it needs to be towing the line between complex and simple, which is one of the few things I think X4 does really, really well, is that this, the ship controls are very simple. You have you you move the ship by aiming with your mouse and then you have like controls of all your weapons and you can ha set weapon groups but you never have to deal with things like uh moving power around or mm -hmm. oh, uh, that's the thing the biggest issue i had with elite was when i had to bind keys to weird esoteric things that i use once every 10 hours we're, we're like I, maybe i'll need a button to drop my cargo but i'll have to press it like instantly if a pirate's on me but i'm never gonna have to press it otherwise so it's having to remember that kind of thing that I think that needs to be kind of cut out for games like that, Starfield. That like immediately destroys like any hope for a casual audience because yeah. you're just not gonna want to learn that and like yeah, casual, but they're important because uh, I am one sometimes. I don't always want to play the uh, competitive stuff where I have to focus yeah. my whole brain into it. Like most people that play games. Are people that just want to play like Mario or Pokemon, and that's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong that's with what that. games are for. Yeah, and I'm usually in like something like Destiny for the the single player experience for the for that for that good good story and lore. Mm -hmm. But I'm forced All into PvP so often. <laughs> yeah, you're forced to do things you don't want to do, which is yeah. something that space games, especially, I think, can fall into that kind of open world trap. And it's not good enough to make me want to do it more. Yeah, maybe something's just not fun. And then the game will make you do it, and you're just like, I don't want to do this. I think my my main thing is, like, really... It might, it might sound, like, stupid and simple, but, like, for a game... For a space game to, like, work as, like, a huge... Whether it's, like, AAA or not, like, a huge title that becomes really popular, like, I think it just has to be, like... It just has to actually work. Because, like, all these <laughs> yeah. things, like, like Andromeda and No Man's Sky, like, th people know about them, whether they've played them or not, because, like, at launch, and sometimes to this day, they are broken pieces of garbage. And it was mm. funny. And, like, yeah. that's kind of a death sentence for any game. And, like, you can fix it completely after that. But, like, unless you have, like, a dedicated audience, like, like Battlefield 4 was really bad at launch, and then DICE fixed it. And yeah. Then everyone got happy but like and for honor had the same thing i feel like for for such a huge game it'd be hard to make it be like stable and polished the list of examples for games that maybe aren't are like all the list of other space games pretty much yeah <laughs> like they to have the the to have the satisfaction in your head that you don't have to worry about the game falling apart and breaking it is I think what most people would look for without thinking about it, I think. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think that also ties, goes hand in hand with the complexity arguments we're talking yeah. about, where a lot of games that are sci fi games in general tend to do this, where they go way too far with the interactability of everything. 
which is good if you're in like VR. But at certain points, like Red Dead Redemption 2 is, I think, one of my favorite examples of this, of a game that is fantastic. But there are just certain things of, of them going a little too far into the realism territory of, I don't want to sit here and watch a five-second animation every time I need to pick something up. It gets old after, like, ten times. And, and you know, you run into... The, I think I've, I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but you run into the issue of if you're, you know most of the game is trying to be this like super in-depth like detailed cowboy simulator and then there's a moment where you want to switch outfits and you just switch outfits like instantly <laughs> whereas like if it was more consistent with the game you'd have arthur get off his horse pick off his clothes and then you know one by one put each individual piece of clothing on but no one wants to watch that yeah like, literally I, nobody like, wants to play that what are you, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about yeah like <laughs> you, you don't want to watch that <laughs> but, like, but like rockstar was even like no nah, we're drawing a line in the sand somewhere but at, at that point it's like okay well then you're not wrong line yeah well it's like it's like you're not <laughs> it's like you took not... two steps over where the line should have been and <laughs> Yeah, some 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 water has washed up from the ocean and then blurred the line in the sand a little bit and like that one spot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, but but then like no one wants to watch that. But now that you have this issue of like your game isn't consistent anymore. You either have to go all in on the crazy amount of detail, or you have to make it more casual. And trying to strike a balance of both is so difficult. And in an example like that, I don't think it works because it's it's just yeah. Unneeded. I think a good recent example of how to like not overly complicate things is a uh, Ghost of Tsushima has the ability for you to write haikus. Oh yeah. You don't need to actually write a haiku. You just look at the environment and pick the things that are pretty. <laughs> and then the game spits a haiku at you, yep. which is perfect. the perfect amount of complexity for that kind of thing where it's super engaging and it doesn't really get old. Yeah. But if it was any more complex, I would be like, "Okay, I want to get back to the actual things I enjoy." It's, and yeah. and because it's a game, it's a very visual way of going about making a haiku like that, mm -hmm. and that's the that's yeah. the way it should be done. Because like they could have just given you this massive list of like, then you can just like put all these different words together, but that's boring, and it's also not super visual. Whereas what they're doing here is that they know that one of their strong, you know, they know that one of their strongest aspects is the the aesthetic and the the art design and the environment. God, so they're gonna, so good. They're, yeah, so they're gonna lean, God, they're gonna lean so on that. You know, Are you playing it in Kurosawa mode, Brett. Sometimes, because sometimes you can't yeah, because it's, it's hard. We say this. Yeah, we we're we're, say we're gonna talk about Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima is gonna have a Games Club episode probably like in the next two weeks. So we'll save the Tsushima talk, but I I think it works as an example of of what where to cut the complexity and yeah, make your game a game <laughs> and not a a life sim. Uh, and there there are people that love the sim heavy stuff like elite dangerous has a huge audience no maybe, maybe not huge but a super dedicated fan base that will always be there because it, it's exactly what they want but for the company to capture a larger audience they need to kind of look at what mainstream audiences want to do and i think having to command when to scoop fuel out of the sun and then having to have another button to drop cargo at random moments is just not something <laughs> that most people want to have to remember uh, and yeah I, I think that's like a, a thing that happens super often with space sims and why I'm really worried about Starfield because I feel like Bethesda may not be able to resist either over -com complexifying everything or oversimplifying everything well, we're all worried about Starfield maybe for different reasons but we're all worried we're all worried about <laughs> Bethesda in general <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
I'm a little concerned. I, I played Fallout 76 last week, and I haven't Sorry. played it since. I'm definitely going to go back so we can make make a video or something okay? on it. But yeah, I I would look. I wouldn't play that game on my own. But if I if I faced the uh, the uh, wilderness with you, I would I would do it. Yeah, we'll but do it. Not by myself. <laughs> no, no way. That's not happening. Yeah, I, I think it's just like an example of a game that is not what it should be. Like, it's not a follow game. It should have been either called something different or, you know, it really, in all honesty, probably shouldn't exist. But it should've does. It should have just been called Country Roads. It should have just been called Country Roads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think luckily we don't necessarily have any space games that shouldn't exist. But. Mm. <laughs> uh, and it is like a setting that has a ton of versatility so one of the cooler games I've seen come out recently well into early access is a game called Hard Space Shipbreaker which is made by a, a pretty experienced dev team that did a bunch of RTS games uh, the Homeworld series quite the title. My goodness. sounds like Demolition Derby it is, it's, so what it is is you're a a, a, a dude that gets hired to pay out your debt by disassembling spaceships hmm which is, a, I think, a, a cool premise for a game. Um, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the game. I don't think it's that intriguing, but a lot of people are. So it's definitely doing something right. And it shows that there's a, a ton of mechanical versatility in what you can do with space. Because that, that's like a space game that you don't fly a ship. You don't do anything like that. You don't explore. All you do is break ships apart, and it's still apparently super engaging. So there's definitely a lot of stuff you can do with space as a setting that I think is not being taken advantage of. And like No Man's Sky is continually trying. <laughs> they're still they're trying every every update they release. They're getting a little bit closer <laughs> to I think the I'm goal. interested. I'm interested where the game ends, right? Because because no because Hello Games is developing other other things. Like they have other projects they're releasing. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 finally announced other projects that they're working on, and because No Man's Sky is such has such like vast and kind of vague goals in a way in terms of like how can we turn space into a video game, they can release updates forever covering different aspects of of what they've made. Like like yeah. it's one of those games where it's like you can keep releasing content that'll constantly be changing the game. Because it's space. There's so much you could do, you know? Yeah, there's so much potential. And it's it's a weird thing that... It, I think it's kind of like Feudal Japan with Ghost of Tsushima. It's a setting that we don't see often in games, but that seems super popular. Like, a lot of people always ask for this type of game, and it's not something we yeah. get at a high polish level. I mean, a lot of people try to make space sims, but very few succeed and there's basically been no triple a attempts in a long long time since like the original elite era of games i, I mean it, it like you know when you're whenever you're developing a game you have to keep in mind scope and as soon as you say let's yeah. have our game take place in space scope yeah. destroyed you just you've immediately over scope with one sentence you know <laughs> <laughs> this is why i'm so curious as to how starfield's gonna turn out <laughs> I am so curious. I'm terrified, to be honest with you. More more than curious, I'm just terrified. <laughs> I, I just I want to play it and see what it is. That that's the biggest thing. I just want to know what it is. Uh, okay, so we talked about a lot of this, but I have one burning question. I think it's a burning question that's shared by a lot of the gaming community, and it's it's one I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to. When will Star Citizen come out? <laughs> No, uh, before the Elder Scrolls Six. 
<laughs> Before or after Starfield? That's a good question. No, no, no. You know what? Even better than that, it's going to come out before Good and Evil 2. Or Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah, that's oh, it. No. Beyond Good and Evil 3, that's a space game, apparently. Another repository yeah. that you brought back to the surface, Why? <laughs> the last footage we saw of that was at least three years ago, I think. They show, well, oh, actually, God. they showed off oh. some like super like early gameplay after that revealed trailer. Yeah, but that was still like three years ago, right? No, that was like, why why do I care? But it's like just a couple (laughs) couple years ago. (laughs) I think it was 2017. Yeah, it was 2017. It's it's been three years. That hurts. Uh, yeah, it's it's been three years since we've had a large amount of news about it. There, there's apparently been some dev streams and updates. But from what I'm seeing, they, they've not been, like, gameplay or anything. It's more just, like, discussions and talking with people. How long has this game been in development? See, because the curious thing thought... to me is that game had a, a really polished CG trailer that has to have taken a long time to make. So the game has to have been in development for long enough for that trailer to get made. I mean, they're done with the concept phase. Okay, That's, Google says yeah. three years, but it's been yeah. in development longer than three years. I, I mean, probably not much started, longer. I'm, I'm betting they, that trailer was the first thing they did. Like, they, they've started development like five or six times or something. Yeah, like but, but like, in reality, that doesn't mean that that development continues. No, yeah. but like, I, I want to know the, 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 the total time in, in terms of like when it was originally concepted, like despite I'm, how many times they've, they've dropped it. I'm hesitant to call it development hell. Development purgatory. Yeah, it's, it's more like <laughs> development limbo or purgatory. It's just stuck there. It'll probably come what? out. It, it's Whoa, it's it with it Shinmo. It feels like one of those games that just won't come out. I don't know. Another science fiction fantasy space game. Uh, Prey. Yeah, Prey came out. Uh, well, which Prey are we talking about here? Well, we're talking <laughs> about the, the one that's more recent. This is a, okay. a podcast for people that are listening to gaming podcasts now. And a lot of people love Prey, but probably not the audience of this. Um, yeah. yeah, the newer Prey is great. I... It, it, I don't think it did tremendously well. I don't think so. And it doesn't seem like we're getting a sequel anytime soon. It had that super... Yeah. It had some super wacky, like, DLC, too. One of them was, like... It had a prop hunt DLC. It had a prop hunt DLC? Oh. And then also, because the, they showed this off uh, the year I went to, to E3, but they also had, like, a roguelike uh, Yeah, they did. DLC, I remember that. Which was super cool. I was able to play it. It was actually super cool. <laughs> I mean, I think the DLCs have been pretty well received for Prey. Mm-hmm. I, I think Prey in general was well received. It's just not what people that fans of the franchise yeah. were not expecting it to be. That they shouldn't have called it Prey. Yeah, no, it, it, it should have been a new IP. From what I remember, the, the it's, that it doesn't deserve like the shit that it got because it's called Prey. But it was a bad idea to call it. Yeah, Prey. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's also kind of locked them out of revisiting the older Prey. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, I mean, that. there's always a chance. Like, Devil May Cry did it, where we got DMC, and then we eventually got Devil May Cry 5. Oh, they, they but those were release. developed by different studios, and it was a, a different situation. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll get a, an actual Prey sequel at some point. But as of now, it's seeming pretty unlikely. New Prey is good, but it'll be confusing, because like, like, now they either have to make sequels to the new one or the old one, or none at all. <laughs> Maybe like a spiritual successor sort of thing will happen. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm still mad at them for making people. the indie game renamed to Pray for the Gods, where they had to to put the A and the E 
instead of just having it be E because Bethesda sued them or some, someone sued them oh, for the for the Prey video game name because they were using so, Prey in their title. They're gonna make a spiritual successor to the original Prey, and they're just gonna call it Prey again. <laughs> Prey again. Prey again. Prey again. Prey again. Oh my God! Pray to pray harder. All right. <laughs> This is why you listen to this podcast. It's the, it's the peak of comedy. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, we, we've talked a lot about uh, space sims and sci-fi. There's some, some games I think we can count into the weird science fantasy section that I don't think a lot of people think about. We got Mario Galaxy. Is that, is that a, a science, <laughs> science fiction yeah. game? Yeah. Science fantasy for sure. Science fantasy, yeah. Maybe just a bit. <laughs> There's rumors we might be getting some remasters, which I hope we do. On the Switch? I On the Switch, yeah. There's some pretty substantial rumors we're getting Galaxy, at least a Galaxy game remastered for the 35th Mario anniversary, uh, which is hmm. coming up. But we don't have any real news yet. There's a lot of leaks, but no one really knows if they're true, and Nintendo leaks are notoriously volatile. Mm. <laughs> so... We're not sure, but that would be definitely very fun. Uh, yeah, th- that's like the weirdest game I think I can think of as fitting in with science fantasy well, stuff. Well, you know what series we can technically loop into science fiction? Oh, boy. Uh, Call of Duty, technically <sighs> speaking. I mean, I don't think they it's really a, game, a technically. They had a game in space. Yeah. I mean, and Infinite had, Warfare like, and Advanced Warfare are definitely... It had, ship, it had like starship combat yeah, which i heard was actually kind of actually did? Did really good. like i heard that was like one of the best parts of the campaign was that it had these yeah. sections where you played in, the, in these like starships what yeah. i heard that was the problem with that part is that it just happened too often yeah and people just missed the missions uh-huh. where you would just have a normal mission yeah yeah people aren't probably aren't playing the first person shooter call of duty for fl- like flight combat yeah. gunfighting honestly no, I here's the here's the thing. I actually that I almost bought Infinite Warfare because I was like, damn, it has this cool like ship combat thing. What else you got? I almost bought it because of that alone. I was like, oh, it almost seems like they're trying to to do something a lot different with the campaign that they haven't done before. Yeah, I it's interesting. I just don't know if Call of Duty is the franchise for that. Yeah. Because I think even the fans have a certain expectation for what a COD game is going to be, and I, you can only, as Infinity Ward or Treyarch or Sledgehammer or whatever, you can only stray so far from that before no one likes it anymore. Well, it almost seems like Activision wants it to be like Mario in the sense that they could have it in any kind of weird ass setting that they want, you know? Because like, because like, because of Mario as a character, Nintendo has this incredible freedom of like, oh, let's put him in space, let's, you know. Have him jump on dinosaur heads. Let's Make have him. Goku. Let's turn him to the. Let, let's have him beat the shit out of you know Sonic and Samus. Why the hell not? Bowser bore him. Like like there's a lot of flexibility that they have with that franchise, yeah. and I feel like Activision tries to do that, and it doesn't. It's interesting. It doesn't work because <laughs> it's Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't. Generic work. man with gun is Activision's Mario. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the the man on the cover of every Call of Duty game is. <laughs> I can I can respect the the attempts to try and shake things up, you know. He's yeah. But, but there there are things where it's like having because like Black Ops Two still the best COD campaign ever, 
has like branching storylines. There's like one scene that can play out in like 15 different ways. There's multiple different endings. That's cool. That's something you can work into a COD game and it works. Space combat is a harder to justify. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like anything with vehicles is just not COD. Yeah, it's more Battlefields. Yeah. Thing, which is why I think a Battlefront is a is a good topic for this because we have attempts at space combat. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I am of the opinion that Starfighter combat is the best part of that it, game. Oh, it rocks! And Compared that's to all the other vehicles too. That's coming from someone who like doesn't understand flight controls in any video game and can't wrap his head around them. It doesn't care. The, the starship combat in this game rules. It, it's awesome. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah I'm, and again, I'm hyped for like, Squadron. Like, like what Brett Damn. said, in comparison to the, the way that the other vehicles handle, because they're an absolute trash dumpster fire. Like, yep. they're, they suck. <laughs> I mean, if you, I think about it, Wyatt, if you think about it, Wyatt, in the sky, there's no ground to clip into, so you just don't have to yeah. worry about it. There's the no colliders ground. are so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and space, if you think about it, really is just a money-saving measure, because you don't have to have collision. <laughs> Well think about well think about how many games back, you know, when the Atari twenty six hundred was like the big new thing. Think of how many games were set in space because they just need right. a black background yeah. with some white dots. Space. There you go. You're right. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Space War was like the first thing, right? So yeah. we have a ton of it, it was something that was huge for a long time. And I think we, we still get a lot of things that are kind of themed around space. We have J Japan is still going crazy with all their two D shoot 'em ups set in spaceships mm -hmm. uh those are still wildly popular we just don't have any like triple a quality stuff i think that is well, it's, specifically it's like, taking advantage of it kind of going along with what i said earlier it's a lot easier to use a sci-fi setting as as a way to have a lot of interesting mechanics in a game but it's a lot harder to actually grasp the concepts of science fiction yeah like being able to use the setting for mechanics, you know, there you go. Like, you can justify so much. Oh, it's in the future, or it's a different planet, or whatever. But, like, actually grasping the concepts of, like, how that technology would work is so much harder. That goes back to sort of, you know, how, how this would work in VR. Sort of, you know, it, it's bringing you into it, but it's, it's separating you from the, from, from the setting being space at the same time. Whereas I think that, like, uh, the closest thing that I can think to a peripheral working for that would either be uh, you in an Oculus Rift in a wind tunnel or suspended in a big fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> I just have the image of like Mark Zuckerberg in an Oculus <laughs> suspended in a fish tank now, and it's very funny. Uh, I'm trying to drink water at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird ass, like, puckered face. <laughs> Hey, don't be mean. We try not to be mean on this show. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> you know, occasionally. We've been shitting on Bethesda, low-key. I mean, so we do have one game that is kind of AAA, uh, Outer Worlds, which went into this territory. We, we say kind of AAA because it has a fraction of the budget of most AAA yeah. games, and it's made by a studio that's a fair bit smaller. But I think it definitely did succeed at, at doing what it intended to do and, and getting people interested in this weird corporate solar system setting. Yeah. But it, it still and is like you don't do any of the space stuff. You're all you're still always on planets. It's more fallouty in how it operates. 
Yeah, and and the sci-fi setting again is kind of like, oh, we can make a bunch of crazy, weird-looking plants and planets and stuff because yeah. it's a different. So. I mean, in reality, this entire podcast is just a way for me to say I really want a game to do boarding of space stations well, so we can like raid a space <laughs> station. That's that's like my my game dream is is Starfield get on it. We can have like a fleet of ships. We raid a space station. Everyone gets off, and you see like a Dynasty Warriors. Rampage in a space station. Oh my god, don't worry, that would be awesome. No, don't worry, there will be 15 times the space boarding that you would ever want. 15 Dude, times. 16 uh, times the detail. Oh <laughs> my god. That makes me think that, um, you know, the, the creators of Assassin's Creed, especially oh, with, yeah. you know, Black Flag, Odyssey, and Valhalla, with, with their ship mechanics, they could probably do it convincingly. I think they could. I think you could literally port odyssey's mechanics into a science fantasy game with just like make it melee weapons for some reason and then you can port that mechanic over and just make the seas like scale you out to be in a ship in third person and then you've got it actually an interesting in between to that would be sort of a D disney's treasure planet as a video game i would love Whoa, that. that would be cool that would be crazy that, that's such a cool like pirate space setting yeah I disney really you're sitting on some big bucks <laughs> Well, honestly, and like talking about shipboarding, like if they were to make another, if they were to make a sequel to Mass Effect Andromeda, that would be the next big thing. Would be to have like, you know, space yeah. combat, which is you know, if you know about the development of Andromeda, like flying around to different planets, kind of No Man's Sky style was the original idea. But yeah. they were such an inexperienced team that they that they had to really scale things back, which was why the the planet map. Um, or the galaxy map was was rendered um, in real time was because that was the original idea, and they could do that. Like honestly, like even if people aren't down with the characters, like having them have like ship battles and like boarding enemy ships and stuff, have that be in their sequel. I think that would get a lot of people on board, even if they weren't. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's like uh, the original Battlefront Two is one still one of my favorite games, even though the mechanics for the space stuff aren't great. The ability to get on your ship, fly to the enemy ship, and get off, and then go inside and blow up the interior yeah. is just something that has not been done since. Yeah, And, and, and it's super and, disappointing, because even then, even though it's super simple, it works really well, and it sells the idea that you're doing that. Because it's cool. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool. And having the freedom to take out different parts of the ship. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. that was a big thing with, like, you know, as much as we were discussing about the the ship combat in the new Battlefront 2, it's still very linear objectives where it's like, you have to hit this thing when we tell you to. Whereas yeah. in the original, it's like, oh, you can hit their life support systems, their shields, their weapons or whatever. Thrusters, everything. Yeah, and, and it all affects different parts of the ship, you know, like you blow up. Like it's, and it's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, it's almost strategic in a way because it's like blowing up this part means that the enemy team no longer has this or and, this and for a multiplayer game it gives you a really good sense of like being a squad of like your squad is your job is to go take out the shields or the turret or the yeah. engines yeah and that's something that i feel like battlefront could really capitalize on that uh like you even if what? they keep the mechanics the same on, on that having that type of gameplay like battlefront already has squads so if you really want to sell it, have like a squad order. So squads in multiplayer matches have different objectives. I would love that. Exactly. Oh, Ryan. Oh, like, <laughs> dude. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> Squadron realizes something close to this. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the disparity is between like Dice making Battlefront and Battlefield, where they just decided to make the squad mechanics like completely useless. Yeah. 
but like well, almost almost everything like almost everything that we're talking about right now was done in a battlefield 2042 and also in battlefield yeah. 4 yeah. for a dlc yeah. because there's a game mode called carrier assault and in battlefield 4 it was aircraft carriers but it was like a normal game of conquest with i think like fewer objectives or something in the middle of the map on all these islands that you can go to on boats or fly to on helicopters or hovercraft or something and it's just like holding objectives and whoever holds the most absolutely damages the other ship and then you get to board the ship and blow it up from the inside it's so cool cool. it's so cool Uh, i think it stems from them wanting to uh really like streamline uh battlefront and make it more casual, which to a certain degree I understand because first of all, it's a lower age rating and also it's yeah. a Star Wars. So you have a much bigger, you have a much wider like fan base and a much wider age gap or age range of people. So I understand wanting to make it more yeah. simple. And they probably also want to avoid the whole, oh, it's just a reskinned battlefield, even though that would have been probably a lot better than what we ended up getting. Yeah, Dude, no, I mean, I don't think anyone would care if it was a recent Battlefield. If I had never played Battlefront 2, the new one, and someone told me, oh yeah, it's just Battlefield 4 with like a Star Wars skin, I'm like, sign me up! That sounds awesome! <laughs> that sounds great! <laughs> yeah. Then you would have vehicles that don't, you know, control like ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what Squadrons does. I really hope these rumored Star Wars games that are in maybe in development pan out, at least a few of them. And we get some like cool new settings because Star Wars as a franchise commands so much power that I think it will kind of make people want to buy those games regardless of what they are, and maybe totally. make people interested in some new genres. But yeah, we are we're overtime, which means we got to do our final segment, which is called shoutouts. Brett, you haven't done this before, but it's pretty simple. All you do, you shout out something you enjoyed, or or maybe just just like a thing that happened this week, and and you just want to say. Like, I don't know, my toaster broke or something. I want to shout that out. You could do that. Uh, that's not what happened. <laughs> but, How do you know? Maybe it did. Now you're making fun Maybe of it. it did. All right. So I'll start, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll just go in some order. Uh, my shout out is going to be reusable water bottles. They're a lot of fun. You know, you, you go down, you get your water, you come back up, especially if they're, they're vacuum sealed and you have like a nice 24-hour cold thing of water. It's great. All right, uh, someone else go. <laughs> Shout out to I'm gonna look. I'm gonna try and pronounce this man's name. Uh, I apologize in advance. Elon Eshkiri, Eshkiri, who uh, he he was uh, the composer for Sushima's score. Uh, well done, sir. Oh. Well, uh, well, freaking done. He's actually only one of them. Yeah, there were uh, there were so two. Due to your there. research, there was that's two, right. Actually. No, uh, that that yeah. is that is. Correct. No, uh, all right, moving on, yeah. moving on. We got to keep this snappy. Um, Brett, it's your turn. Alex, it's your turn. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, sort of copying you, Ryan, but not really. Yeah. Because technically, uh, shout out to metal straws that are extendable. Oh yeah. Collapsible pointer type deal. They're very fun. I need to get one of those. That's sci-fi right there. We're in the yeah, future. Pod racing. I mean sci-fi. <laughs> we still got Brett. We still got one person left. 
Um, my shout out, uh, it, it's, it sounds cheesy until I explain it, uh, is my mom because she came downstairs while I was watching, uh, my friend whose name is also Ryan play Ghost of Tsushima and she, and she was like, oh, what's that? And I explained it to her and then, uh, she said she wanted to watch it and then she told me to buy it. So I bought it and that's why I have it. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. So that's our shout out segment. Normally we would end the podcast here, but I do want to say if you're listening, you might have noticed that we have music whoa look at that there's some minor production value behind this show now Uh, we also have if you're watching the youtube videos we have wyatt i I gotta do the explanation here all right (laughs) forgive me we gotta sell the show we gotta advertise all right we got new graphics for the youtube vods we have uh, some twitch stuff if you come to the twitch you can see the show live it's not just a white screen now it's great (laughs) (laughs) we'll hopefully have an overlay sometime in the future so we can actually do like video versions of this which would be fun uh but yeah we're working on that so why what was what were you gonna say what was your bit of wisdom for us today oh i was i was just gonna say you know it's almost like we're a real podcast now oh yeah (laughs) it's all it almost is we're big budget (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so w- without further ado you can catch this podcast monday mornings on anchor and youtube or live usually sundays around eight on the twitch channel on the screen we hope you join us next week and with that we're done Yeah, there's there's outro. You gotta not talk.